This is a CBC podcast. This is the sound of a basketball game. It's the gold medal game at last year's BC Winter Games between Team Fraser Valley and Team Vancouver Island Central Coast, who ended up being the winners, by the way. Now, if you watch a lot of basketball, this might sound a little bit different from what you are used to. There's less sneaker squeaking. That is because this is a wheelchair basketball game. Now, the BC Wheelchair Basketball Society recently sent out a list of the players going to this year's Winter Games, and something caught my eye. Five of the 29 players are from Pender Island. A community with just a few thousand residents has a fifth of the province's wheelchair basketball players at the BC Games. So on this week's episode of This Is Vancouver Island, how did Pender become a wheelchair basketball hotspot? I'm Catherine Marlowe. This is Vancouver Island is a podcast from CBC Victoria. Each week we look at an issue or story rooted right here in our region. And for this week's episode, I started by talking to Nick Van Bakel, one of the wheelchair basketball coaches at this year's BC Games. So I grew up on uh, on Pender Island um, and uh, went to school there for elementary and middle school. And uh, it just so happens that one of the former uh, national team coaches for the women's team uh, also lives on Pender. And he... Um, runs like the traditional basketball, like stand-up basketball. And so I go to those practices. And then after that, you do 50 minutes, 45 minutes of wheelchair basketball because he's been involved in the sport and sort of just wants to grow it. And also just for the for the love of the sport. So I did that and enjoyed it. And he also did uh, wheelchair basketball weeks. Uh, so where every gym class in the school would do wheelchair basketball for a week. And they did often invite uh, students from Salt Spring or other golf islands in to come and play us. So it was a fun way to sort of get some game reps in and uh, I enjoyed it and sort of went from there. I got a chance to go to the BC games and then do some more performance stuff. And yeah. Now, Nick Van Bakel is coaching Zone 6, otherwise known as Vancouver Island Central Coast, in wheelchair basketball at this year's BC Winter Games. The coach that he mentioned is a man named Tim Frick. Tim has been involved in wheelchair basketball since the late 1970s when he was a student at UBC. He volunteered to help set up a game for the Vancouver Cable Cars, a wheelchair basketball team. And not long after that, he met a guy who was just a few years away from becoming quite famous. I met uh, this kid named Rick Hansen. <laughs> oh, never heard of him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, 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 um, he pestered me to coach uh, wheelchair volleyball, actually. And uh, a lot of the guys were, uh, and, and uh, a lot of men and women, not too many women in those days, of course, um, played uh, wheelchair basketball. And they always needed players. And uh, so Rick got me out uh, wheeling around Stanley Park, uh, seawall to get in shape and then playing a little wheelchair basketball and then coaching the wheelchair volleyball and then obviously because I was also a basketball coach um morphed into a, a career coaching wheelchair basketball uh, over the years and at some point you land on Pender and you decide hey I'm going to get these kids playing wheelchair basketball too how did that happen well we we uh my wife and I bought property over on uh, Pender uh, and uh Decided we we're going to retire there, and the local uh, school needed uh, a basketball coach for the running game. You know, I sort of signed up for that. And uh, once once a year for a week, we uh, I would get Coach Simon Cass from Victoria and, and a Paralympic athlete uh, or two 
to come over for an entire week. We basically took over the school. Uh, we play wheelchair basketball uh, all day long, uh, every PE class during all the breaks and so on. And uh, just to help, you know, spread the awareness about uh, uh, Paralympic sport, about people with disabilities, et cetera. And, and it turns out that Pender Island had this uh, incredible uh, player uh, who played the running game called uh, Katie Dandino, and she played at UNBC. She was a superstar up there, but she got um, taken out really hard uh, in, a, in a game early in her career, and it uh, really destroyed her knee. Now, Tim says he kept trying to convince her to try wheelchair basketball, and eventually he succeeded. She absolutely fell in love with the game. Um, and then, of course, she pestered the heck out of me to get in the gym every chance we could, you know, to, to learn the chair skills, to learn how to handle the ball. You know, when you're in the running game, you can kind of dribble continuously and, and move around sideways at will. Yeah. But in a chair, you have to use your hands to uh, handle the ball as well as, you know, propel yourself. Right. And so I recruited uh, a bunch of uh, Pender Island kids who were good good kids and good basketball players. And I said, how would you guys like to come out and, uh, you know, play a little wheelchair basketball? So got some chairs from the Victoria Wheelchair Sports Club. And um, and they kind of, those kids kind of liked it. And so we got them into the BC Winter Games uh, initially. And uh, after that, uh, the program just kind of grew. And so uh, we um, we can thank Katie Dandino, who's now playing semi-pro wheelchair basketball in Europe, as well as representing Canada on our women's national team. So did any of those those kids on Pender who you, who you were getting to do this, were any of them actually wheelchair users, or were they people who just got into chairs to play the game? Yeah, they were just uh, kids that played this, this stand-up game that didn't really have any disabilities. And, uh, you know, wheelchair basketball is just a game. Uh, it's not uncommon at all for the past ooh, 40 or 50 years for people without disabilities to uh, to play. Um, part of the reason, of course, is that, you know, when you think about sports in general, uh, typically you uh, would play with a sibling or you would play some friends. And so if you're a wheelchair user, you know, and you've got able-bodied friends, you find them an extra chair like Rick did to me. <laughs> and then uh, you throw them in it and, and away you go. And then uh, they kind of fall in love with it. And, uh, I must admit, when I when I sort of when I saw the, the there were so many Pender players and started thinking about this, I assumed it started because there was at least one player who had a disability, and then I realized that that's that that the game isn't like that; that it's a mix. But my first thought was, you know, is this is this fair? Does it mean that that spots are being taken from from players with disabilities? The way you describe it, it sounds like it's actually like more more equitable this way. But but what do you think about that? Well, when you when you look at the range of the sport from, say, uh, the recreational beginning development level, you know, through to, uh, to, say, national team and international competition, there are sort of rules and regulations that sort of, you know, govern um, how people with varying levels of disability can uh, play the game. And the game was built on a thing called the classification system. All right, I'm going to jump in here for a second. 
Classification happens in pretty much all para sport. It's a way of creating a level playing field between athletes of different categories of disability. In some sports, that means you only compete against other athletes in your class. For snowboarding, for example, there are three classes, one for boarders with impairments in their arms, one for boarders with some impairments in one or both legs, and the third for boarders who have a significant impairment in one or both legs. Like Campbell River's Tyler Turner, who dominates in that class, Ty is missing both legs below the knee and is the reigning Paralympic champion in snowboard cross. Now, in other sports, everyone competes together, but they're assigned a score on their level of ability. Here's Tim Frick explaining how it works in wheelchair basketball. If someone was, say, paralyzed from, say, the chest down, uh, don't have the trunk muscles, they're not going to be moving side to side or forward or back very much, and they're going to be limited in rotation. And uh, and then as you sort of, you know, as the disability changes, um, perhaps you've got some back muscle and some stomach muscle, so you can move a little bit here and there. You're assigned a different classification. And then when you get to an athlete with a minimal disability, like Katie, for instance, or an athlete who doesn't have a disability, you know, they've got full movement, you know, twisting, turning, stability, sideways. And uh, so those, uh, so each athlete is assigned a point from uh, value ranging from uh, 1.0 to 4.5. And so depending on the, the league and the team, um, uh, you know, there's a, there's a limit to, how many players you can have. So internationally, it's 14 points, which means if you have two 4.5 players, which are two minimally, minimally disabled players who you know essentially uh, have full range of uh, motion, yeah, um, that's nine points. So your other three can't exceed uh, uh, five, right? Right. And, and you know, the different leagues have different point numbers and so on. And then if you look at the developmental level, really it's more about um, having a, a, enough individuals available to be able to have enough to to run drills and, and activities and practices and to have teams and stuff so you know it is uh, there there are pros and cons and uh, and so um, there are some uh, kind of safeguards built in to make sure that that uh, there's no domination of the game by uh, athletes of the higher classifications yeah. The rules about how many points can be on the court at any time varies between different levels of the game. In fact, the Vancouver Island team at the BC Games this year doesn't have any athletes with disabilities. I'm told no one signed up. So Tim says if you do have a disability, it's a great game to get out and try. You know, wheelchair basketball is an incredible community uh, to to join in. Even though you may not be uh, a potential Paralympian, you can still get out there, get some exercise, play the game, meet people. And, uh, you know, the exciting part uh, for me, particularly, um, you know, obviously um, having worked over the years with lots of athletes who are newly injured uh, who have spinal cord injuries, and, and uh, is that when you meet people in the wheelchair basketball community, they have all these little tips and tricks and how to get around in terms of uh, inclusion and accessibility and, and, you know, managing the various uh, physical and social uh, uh, barriers that occur when you do have a disability. So it's a great community. It's really supportive and uh, and uh, fantastic way to uh, grow and develop as an individual. Um, doesn't matter how good you get at basketball. Nobody really cares. Uh, it's it's really ultimately about how successful you are in life.
That was Tim Frick from Pender Island. He was head coach of the Canadian women's wheelchair basketball team for decades and has gotten students of all abilities playing the game on Pender. Five of those students will be at the BC Winter Games this month, plus a player from Langford and coaches from Pender and Victoria. That's it for this episode of This is Vancouver Island. Thanks to the folks at BC Wheelchair Basketball for their help and for sharing their game audio. If you liked what you heard, please rate and review us on your favorite podcast app and share it with your friends. I'm Catherine Marlowe. I will be back with another episode next Tuesday. Thanks for listening. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.